All right, ladies and gentlemen, time of the East End Report brought to you by the perfect outdoor creation place this summer, Silly Lily Fishing Station. Up against the uh, beautiful Maritza's Panties Maritza's Silly Lily, by far your safest way to experience the bay with all the boats sanitized in betwixt and between usage. Come rent a motorized uh, dory over there, complete with flotation device and life jacket, Silly Lily. Full-service marina with friendly, experienced service. Love the name. Silly Lily, Silly Rob, how are you? I guess the um, we're looking at the Mets season already uh, in a synopsis and the Yankee season. Uh, have we uh, already uh, seen enough to where we could begin October? Listen, here's the deal. Another disaster last night there. Edwin Diaz, you know, what are the Mets going to learn? What are the Mets going to learn? First off, you got to put Lugo in the closing role. I've said this a million times. You reverse the situation there. The Mets are going to win and make the playoffs. They're going to have to do that. You can't. Now it's in the kid's head. And listen, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if he can handle the pressure. There's no fans in the stands, and he's botching it up this year already. The home run last Saturday to uh, Marcel Azuna in the ninth inning for Atlanta to tie that game. My goodness. Can it get any worse for the Mets? No bats. Pete Alonso, nowhere to be found. I mean, come on. Uh, I'll tell you, tough situation for the old Metsies now. It's funny. I flipped the channel after Diaz came in, and uh, they were behind, and they said, well, it's not usually the case. So I flipped the channel, but it seemed like it was 15 minutes later that I went back to the Met game, and then I see a, another reliever walking off the mound, and I went, uh-oh, 15 minutes elapsed. This can't be good. I mean, he gave up a run, but I guess he put the bases loaded. Anyway, and we've already seen where the Jets are going. Uh, a little bit of a rebuild again. No more. Oh, listen, they made a, made a great trade. Great trade for Jamal Adams. They got a lot back. That was a great trade for the Jets, I'll say that. They got a couple of first-rounders, third-rounder back player. What more can you ask for? The guy didn't want to play? Here, at least. Uh, and you know what I liked about that trade? He wanted to go to his hometown of Dallas and play for those Cowboys, and I'm glad he's heading to the Seahawks out, out there in Seattle. Really glad about that, too. So it was, a, Maybe that's it was kind of double-barrel action for me with the uh, getting rid of uh, Jamal Adams. Let's, uh, let's get into a couple of things here. Okay. So right. we had... Supervisor Jay Schneiderman, as you know, scheduled uh, for yesterday. They canceled. He was scheduled uh, on another show, I understand. My good friend, Mr. Tria, over there at WRIV, canceled that. So, obviously, with an investigation going on here right now, what can you tell us? Anything more? We understand that Schneiderman left the venue. And tell me if I'm wrong, of course. We understand Schneider left the venue in Watermill last Saturday night at around 10 o'clock. We understand Mr. Schneiderman got on the stage and uh, banged out a few tunes on the drums. Uh, who's paying attention here? Who's watching the store uh, when the town's leader exits uh, the facility? What's uh, what's the latest here? Well, see the the problem really centers on the uh, on the promoters. You know, when you really want to put it at, at the epicenter, if they don't kind of pull a fast one, then you know, really everything goes orderly. Now, because they pull a fast one, because 
according to Newsday, I believe, it says that Supervisor Jay Schneiderman left the uh, the grounds of the uh, Nova's Ark in Watermill where the Chain Smokers concert was held. Um, it seems that's when everything began to go awry. Um, I guess, you know, it would have helped if, in fact, when Jay did leave at 10 p.m., that there are a hundred Hawkeyes walking around the facility, the grounds. It's kind of a spread-out area. It's not an open field. Um, it would help, I guess, if, if somebody was in charge of this quadrant, somebody was in charge of that quadrant, somebody's looking everywhere. It does then get murky because, you know, you do have the police that were, I think they were even brought in, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that the promoters paid extra money to have extra Southampton Town Police there. Um, now, they're not paying them, but they're paying the town. Um, what happens when that person doesn't know if a VIP tent is supposed to go up? If you have a traffic control officer in one area, I don't think he knows what has been approved and what hasn't been approved. Supervisor Schneiderman definitely knew that that VIP uh, facility was not uh, allowed to be put up. So everything becomes confusing. I don't think I would know what is supposed to be up and what isn't, you know, if I'm not in charge of issuing permits. So I'd say it was a whole uh, a cluster uh, F of everything that could go wrong Everybody at fault. You know, listen, you know, I said this yesterday. Jay's a good guy. I like him personally. Um, he is a, a good uh, good leader. He's been in government a long time. But, you know, I'll say this, and I'll say it to him when, I, when he's back in the circuit again, making the rounds. You know, you, you still are the leader. You're still the manager of the town. That's your venue, Okay. If you're gonna leave at ten, you gotta know what. You, first of all, you gotta know what's going on here. Law enforcement, complete dropping of the ball here. So yeah, you're right. It's a little bit of everybody as far as finding fault here. But boy, I tell you, ramifications are huge. I mean, the one thing you don't want to see here is this thing getting out of control. We know how it gets out of control. It's like wildfire. Something like this. I mean, this is really bad. You know, this is bad. Okay. So he's got to do a better job knowing the venue, concert. You're going to leave early and have somebody you trust in charge. I mean, if you, I would even leave early if I'm Jay Schneiderman. I'd wait to the end. But you cannot allow a VIP area being formed like that. I'm sorry. And, and nobody listening with a guy. It's just a, it was a tough night. It was a tough night. Jay had a tough night. He really did. And, you know, who knows? There's going to be some penalties and fines. And who, who knows what else here? That's really what it's all about right now. I don't even like the, the venue area uh, for a concert of that size. That's in the northern part of Watermill, kind of on the border of Bridgehampton. Um, but it's so difficult to really get in and get out of that facility. It's not a wide-open field. So if there was any kind of big emergency situation, it's not the easiest place to, to navigate. To get in and get out, um, if there's if you got to get in there in a hurry, say a lot of fire trucks, you know, ambulances, um, they had an art show there about five years ago, and the traffic just kind of backed up 
in the afternoon just to enter the facilities. So I don't know how that worked prior to the concert. I was over at the West Hampton Beach uh, field where they had an orderly outdoor concert. Everything there went without a hitch. One thing that I'm almost positive of, Jay, these photos and videos that uh, were sent to Cuomo and the Department of Health, I would bet you that the people that are shooting the videos were attendees to that concert that worked for Cuomo, that worked for the state. It just makes total sense that you have an infiltrator that when things go on, Cuomo's got his people as fans, as attendees, with the camera, making sure everything Surprise. goes right. And if it doesn't, they get the video. No surprise. We know he micromanages. And listen, and no surprise he's got his moles uh, when he hears of these types of uh, situations coming about. No question. And he's got, a, he's got a thing for Long Island anyway. Let's not forget, you know, four or five weeks ago, he actually accused Schneiderman and the Hamptons in general with a restaurant. Remember that whole thing with the restaurants and bars and yeah, people no. not following? Meanwhile... The guy, you know, and to Schneiderman's credit, uh, okay, um, give me examples. And guess what? They couldn't cite any examples as far as who was violating. So one up there for Mr. Schneiderman there. So, uh, you know, listen, uh, let's be real here. You know what I'm saying? And, Jay, that seems to be a business, what I'm gathering uh, that Cuomo was irate about uh, when he threatened, you know, to about the Manhattan and the Hamptons overcrowding. Well, everything I'm gathering, that's a business establishment that lies within Southampton Village, which would not be under the town of Southampton or Jay's control. So, yeah, you know, you could maybe exo- you can exonerate him on that. He would be part of the, the blame going around uh, for what happened over in, in Watermill. But, again, that whole started the minute... It was almost like, you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play. And that's what looked like happened with that with that Watermill Chainsmokers concert. Yeah, Rob DePiro. And he left. Yeah, no question. Hey, listen, you're right. He left, and that's when everything was formed. But still, you know, you hire security for a reason. <laughs> I mean, where was security? Were they on the stage, too, playing instruments? I mean, come on. The whole thing is ridiculous. All right. Uh, Rob DePure, you sent a report. Do we know anything more about this Manville woman found in the woods yesterday? No, that just developed uh, yesterday. The details are sketchy. That's over in uh, one of the areas uh, of uh, North Pine Hills. It's the villas at North Pine Hills. There was a woman who was visiting a friend that lives in those condominiums, and it happened on a winding path at 10.43 a.m., um, I mean, that condo, that condo complex has a lot of units, a lot of buildings. That's the uh, original Pine Hills. There's been another one built a short, about a mile or two away. But, um, yeah, um, she was, you know, found uh, deceased. And the medical examiner, I think they ruled it a, a homicide, if I'm not mistaken. Or the homicide is investigating at this point, but that happened yesterday morning. Yeah, that's what the Sarge just said in the crime report, so we'll wait and see. We don't even have the woman's name. I'm sure that'll come out today. We'll see. Uh, earlier in the week, Tuesday, you had the revote. Uh, three districts Uniondale, Valley Stream 13 did pass. Riverhead did not, lost uh, by not much. It was less than 70 votes. Uh, but all in all, they're going to go austerity here. What do we know here? Yeah, well, same budget submitted 
same result, which is what I kind of thought was going to happen because there was, wasn't any changes to it. Um, the Riverhead School District loses uh, the vote by count of 2,108 to 2,049. That's really just 59 votes. Uh, the district pretty much put forth what which they thought was a, a budget that would serve the entire district, you know, com- complete, that it was necessary. Um, what can you say? I mean, they have to go on austerity. I think they're the only one in – I know they're the only one in Suffolk County. This would have been, I think, Jay, what, something uh, – something less than a 2% increase in last year's $144 million budget. Uh, the austerity that the district is going to go by for the upcoming 2020-21 year will be that same $144 million. So, yeah, a lot has happened in that district. Going back to the principal uh, resigning with that um, allegation by the 18-year-old student, you had the... Um, you had a couple other suspensions along the way, I think, at this Pulaski Street School a year or two ago involving two teachers. And then you had the superintendent, uh, really Enriquez, suddenly walking away. Um, again, you had the problems with the budget. She probably could well have seen that there was you know, no light at the end of the tunnel. But where they say irreconcilable differences, I wasn't aware of any beef that the, soup, that the superintendent had with the district. Any of the other problems were, you know, votes not winning. So something happened where she left. Um, yeah, Riverhead schools have been uh, one thing after another the past couple of years. You know, I'll tell you this, um, and listen, I, I know the town well. Many, many, everybody knows, you know, I've, I've worked there for five years. Um, I, I feel bad for the folks out there. They, they just... Uh, you know, I don't know. They they just can't get a break. You know, you look at Epcal and, and that mess with Luminati. You know, you're talking about getting stuff on uh, the tax rolls for these folks. Uh, you look at uh, the school district. You know, what, listen, I understand why they voted it down. You know, who knows if there are going to be any classes anyway? Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, you know, it's a 2.21% increase in taxes. You know, increase of spending of, what, 1.87%. I mean, it just goes on and on and on here. Uh, the mess with earlier guests, uh, a mess with Charles Reagan, it just goes on and on with Riverhead. Can't get a break. And you know what? These fine folks out there, they're the ones who get hosed all the time. You know, yeah, they Riverhead. do. I'm sorry. They really do. Just uh, a lack of leadership. I'm sorry. It's just a lack of leadership. And the Riverhead News Review has a pretty cool picture of a Three students standing at the traffic circle by Peconic Bay Medical Center on Saturday, just holding up signs, you know, saying, vote yes so colleges can see us play. So, you know, it's a shame they didn't win just from from that picture alone. Um, AJ, speaking of Riverhead, um, Alan Smith uh, passed away last week. I think it was Friday or Saturday. Um, He succumbed to a heart attack at age 74. He was still a sitting judge on the Riverhead Town Board, and he served in in that town for over 45 years. He was a volunteer fireman uh, back, I guess for some reason there was a five-year term, or at least he served as Riverhead Town Supervisor for five years, 1975 to uh, 1980. 
But the accolades for him, you know, for one example is Southampton Town uh, Justice uh, Deborah Cooperstein. Uh, she just explained that Justice Smith, um, he ran uh, as good of a ship as a judge could possibly run. I mean, he was very involved, very interested in the law, very interested in court. He even had pushed for town officials to uh, provide a larger, safer town court. So, uh, Listen, good man, good reputation. I got there in 01. Uh, he was a supervisor of the town, I think it was mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, t- a town judge. You know, he, done, he has done it all. You know, he's got a great reputation, a shame, 77 years uh, of age. Um, what's going on with all the sharks? You know, mainly I know South Shore. Um, East End hasn't gotten any sightings, I don't think. Got a woman killed out in Maine, New York City one. It was a terrible story. Terrible story at the uh, beginning of the week. But uh, you know what? you got to be careful now. Wherever you go, beautiful beaches and everything else we know exist out there. And knee deep, folks. Be careful. Don't wear a wetsuit either. Don't wear wetsuits because that attracts sharks. You know, they think it's a – I think I read they have a a thing where they – a mechanism in their brain. They actually think it's a seal if you're wearing a wetsuit. So that's that's what might have triggered that main – uh, that main uh, killing there. Um, there were, but uh, what's the word out there in the East? Well, there actually were sightings uh, last weekend. Uh, that's where I first uh, got wind of that. Uh, along the South Shore beaches, there were no uh, definitive you know, photos or, or anything like that, but it was enough to clear the people out of the uh, the waters. I know in the uh, near Cupsog Beach, you know, east of that, you know, and then a little bit west. Of course, then you heard about the what the seven to twelve foot bull shark that was caught by uh, by a young man over uh, in Long Beach. You know, he caught it and you know wrestled with the line for a couple hours, I think, and then he just you know let it let it back out or it got loose. But um, it, uh, even Sag Harbor, though, is a weird thing. I had read that they was a possible sighting in the, which would be the Baywater Cove by the Sag Harbor Bridge. Now, that's not the ocean. And I'm like, how how in the world is a shark getting there? I mean, you know, I mean, I know in, in, in the great, uh, in, the horror, in the horrifically bad Jaws 4, the, uh, the shark actually followed the uh, Brody family down to the Caribbean, if you remember. So that that shark went into places it wasn't supposed to be, but I can't see that actually having been a shark in in the Sag Harbor Cove. It just wouldn't make sense. Of course, now everybody's watching Jaws movies. You're right, Jaws uh, Jaws the Revenge uh, yep. with Michael Caine. By the way, was in that movie, um, and that's uh, crazy stuff. You're right. I tell you, somebody told me you're an expert in this field. Are you truly a a bull shark uh, artist? I know nothing about about bull sharks. I uh, I I really only would. You can really only watch Jaws one. By the way, when, whenever it comes on, you know they have the marathons. The minute you get to number two, then Chief Brody has a has a heart attack by number three. You just can't. I don't know anyone that sits and watches Jaws two, three, and the horrible uh, number four. I always thought that Jaws was based on the East End, by the way. I mean, it was based on Frank Mundus, you know, the shark fisherman from Montauk. I'm sure yeah. you're aware of that, Jay. Yep. I, I am. I am. Uh, you know what? Uh, Jaws is the movie. I think it debuted in 75, if I'm not mistaken. I was, you know, too. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, it's one of those movies when you're flipping the channels, you, you just got to watch it. It's, it's like, you know, how great, right? Amanda, Amanda's shaking her head, too. You know, it's just one of those movies. You see Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, and Roy Scheider, who, by the way, I had the honor of interviewing him. He used to be a, he's a Sag Harbor guy. And I interviewed him many moons ago when I was in Riverhead on something going on out there. Um, but he's such a, it was such a great uh, threesome of acting. And it's just one of those movies where whatever, whatever it is, when I'm flipping in the context of the storyline, I'm, I'm hooked. You know, my favorite scene in that movie is, is when they're all telling their stories and everything else. And, you know, uh, and, and, and Robert Shaw, the great Robert Shaw passed away way too young. Of course, he was in The Sting, if you remember, folks. And really a great actor. Just I think he died in his 50s of a heart attack. But he, it's such a great scene, you know, where they're kind of looking at their injuries. You know, one guy got bit by an eel. The other guy got bit by a bull shark. And, you know, Roy Scheider's looking around his, uh, his body for something, you know, that maybe he can kind of show. But it was, a very, it was such a great movie. And Steven Spielberg uh, directed it. And it was really, it's one of the great movies of all time. It really is. Yeah. And Jay, um, I think that scene you're describing was completely improvised. The more you read up on that, I don't even think that was. Uh, I think it was a little script, but I believe that that scene where they're all talking about their uh, shark injuries completely off the cuff. Hey, we have two cancellations on the east. Well, you know, the summer of COVID, where everything went by the boards. There will be no artist writer softball game where the celebrities and the writers take place on the East Hampton field behind the. Uh, behind the Stop and Shop supermarket. I think that was 71 years it's been held. The event organizer uh, says he's hopeful that when they resume next year, assuming that they do, that they actually play a doubleheader. And the Riverhead Country Fair, long-running since the mid-'70s, seems to be going slipping away. That will not be held. I can almost bet you at that point nothing. You know, the Polish Fair canceled so and the uh, san Gennaro, the big huge food festival up along the uh, hampton bay's good ground section that rides along the railroad tracks behind montauk highway through thousands of people that already has been uh postponed so i guess until there's a vaccine there's not going to be any uh, uh any uh, events that draw a large amount of people and my good friend uh charles uh, giamanco uh who runs the show uh, does such a great job at apple honda and rivet uh, has just reminded me uh, that the Islanders are dropping the puck tomorrow at 4 o'clock, game that you can actually hear, folks, on 103.9 LI News Radio. Thank you, Charles, one of the best in the business. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you, uh, especially, right, I couldn't be in a better position right now, recuperating and everything else as I am. I got more sports than I know what to do with. I caught a little bit of the NBA last night with the Pelicans Jazz, Yankees, of course, little Mets uh, and of course, you got our hockey back uh, tomorrow. Give me, give me a final thought. Islanders, they going anywhere this year? I think they're they're seated seventh in the yeah, Eastern Conference. They couldn't really score in the last couple weeks of the season before it was halted. So don't forget about that. They, they can certainly beat the they can certainly beat the Panthers. I think that's rated as a, as a pick'em. Um, and I think it's like just one game, right? Am I correct on that, Jay? I, how many games? Is there a best of three? or is that I actually, I'm a hockey fan, and I don't even know how they're working this. Um, Why? But I'll tell you this much. If, if one wins the Stanley Cup this year, 
you will have 19 W's next to you. That's what it's going to take to win the cup. How about that? 19's the magic number there, Robert. 19. So keep that in mind, my friend. Interesting. Good stuff. I look at it this way. It's like the Olympics. Almost like it's like this is like Olympic years where you see basketball where you have the stars out on the court, but it's, you know, August. And even then, the Olympics are usually over by July, right? To have hockey in August, it will be uh, interesting. Hockey's going to, I think, develop a big viewership. People, once they start watching it in the summer right now, they're going to be a little bit intrigued if they never watched it before. By the way, hats off to Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the league, putting everybody in a bubble, two cities, Canada, Edmonton, Toronto. Guess what? 800 players tested, 800 players negative. How about that? Can't do better than that. Always great great to have you. And uh, Rob's uh, – yeah, go ahead, buddy. Give me a final word. Edmonton was chosen because it's so far away from border crossing and it's desolate towns between the border of the U.S. and Canada. You're not going to come across a major metropolitan area for, I don't know, 70 miles. So that was a good choice to pick Edmonton. And that's it. Indeed. Rob's report, I'll tell you, since 1932, silly lily. They've been putting people out there safely on the water, folks. Fishing, clamming, motorized boats, you name it, kayaks, paddle boat rentals. A stellar food truck, Silly Lily Fishing Station. You can call, by the way. Call today. Reserve your boat, 631-878-0247-878-0247. The great Silly Lily. Silly Robert, we'll talk to you next week. How's that? I'll talk to you then, Jay.